0: Health Radio. Thank you so very, very much for listening. As you know by now, I'm your host, Doctor H, and it is good to be here with you, folks. Oh, thank you so much for giving me just a little bit of your time today. Remember, you can tell all of your freedom friends they can join us live on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network and via recorded podcasts at AmericaOutloud.com. Also, find us on the iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Pandora Networks. Just go ahead and download the America Out Loud phone app for Apple, Android, or Alexa and listen in wherever you may be. Energetic Health Radio is sponsored by the Energetic Health Institute, an amazing school for amazing people just like you, where I develop bad-ass healers. Yeah, I said it. This is the direction we're going. I'm so tired of tiptoeing around all of this stuff. And I got somebody that I have been wanting to interview for years on our show today. The great Dr. Lee Merritt. Oh, the medical rebel. I'm feeling a little bit more badass today. So we're going to do a little badass conversation with the medical rebel, Dr. Lee Merritt, and she is going to put it down. You know what I love about her? Not only is she brilliant and smart and well-read, but she's got one of my favorite attributes in a person. She's got this this thing that Dr. Judy Mikevitz has it going on like this too, just objective, I guess is the word. If I had to really put it on something, I'd say objective. It's something I do my best to embody. But being objective is admitting that you have biases. Being objective is admitting that you have preconceived ideas and not allowing those preconceived ideas to prevent you from exploring ideas that are different from yours. It's a fearlessness that Dr. Lee Merritt has, something I'm so excited for you to get. It's this this. I, I, there's no reason for me to be afraid because I'm not ill-intended. I'm doing nothing wrong. Questioning what's going on in our world when things are clearly not right—that's not me doing something wrong. Sharing my research and what I have found is not me doing something wrong. So I don't. It doesn't even cross her mind to be afraid of something and to step back it doesn't even cross her mind she is going to tell you some stories in the second and third segment folks that are is going to absolutely blow your mind it's just she's objective and she's a good person and i think the thing that i love about objective people with good hearts that I admire so much and I hope that I can be considered to be in that same stratosphere of humanity is that someone like Dr. Lee Merritt, she's going to ask hard questions, uncomfortable questions. She's going to go and explore information that makes her feel uncomfortable. And then she's going to do something very special, something that is a living example of what we can really be, she's going to change her mind in the presence of new information. You see, I had been wanting to meet Dr. Lee Merritt forever. She's one of the few that I hadn't gotten a chance to meet. And I'm going to confess, I was doing some stalking. I was going and reading her CV and reading her accolades, which are enormous. So when you have somebody like that telling you there's something wrong, you better believe it because she was dialed in. She knew what was going on and she does her homework and she's not afraid to ask hard questions. That's the exact person you listen to. Well, luckily for me, Dr. Brian Artis, and me, are homies, and he knew her, and he was like, oh, I know, Lee, I'll, I'll send you a text right now. And he sent a text, and I was just like, hey, you probably have never seen me nerd out and just geek out. But I was just like, it was just, it was, it was embarrassing. <laughs> Even my, mm-hmm. It was embarrassing how much of a fanboy I am. And uh, so it's just a real honor and a privilege to have her on today's show. Um, I hope you get a whole lot out of it. I hope you check out uh, what she's doing on Bridey on Channel on her show and on her Telegram channel. I hope you check out and get plugged in because she is asking some incredibly difficult questions. And of course, NPR is branding her like they do all of us, you know, as we're misinformationists. It's like no, we're just giving the information y'all don't want out there. That's all it is, right? But she's brilliant. She's brilliant. She's fearless, she's objective, and she's on our side. And that's a good person to have on our side, let me tell you. So I'm really excited to bring this one in. I don't know if there's going to be too much of a preamble or anything today. I just want to save as much time as I can for her to talk. Uh, but folks, um, there's there's some folks you should listen to, right? You know, and I, I try to do my best to make sure and not just bring them on this show, but also make sure I'm around them because I like to listen to them, too. Right. And Dr. Lee Merritt certainly in that stratosphere of people that I just have the utmost admiration for and uh, just so glad that we have a shining example of what we can really be um, on our show today. So I hope you will stay tuned. For the medical rebel, Dr. Lee Merritt, right after these messages, because we going to get it on. <laughs> and it's a fun, fun conversation, to say the least. All right. We'll be right back with more Energetic Health Radio and Dr. Lee Merritt, right after these messages.
1: We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought
2: The Natural Colon Cleanse. It's the ultimate digestive tune-up with OxyPowder. It's crafted to alleviate the discomfort of gas, bloating, and occasional constipation. There's a reason why OxyPowder is our number one seller. It worked. Go to AmericaOutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally.
1: How can you improve your odds of staying healthy?
2: All
0: right, healers, welcome back. Energetic Health Radio is also sponsored by GlobalHealing.com. Simply the finest, most potent, most effective natural medicines in the world today. Feel the difference integrity and love for medicine making can make for you. Go to GlobalHealing.com and a promo code out loud and discover the medicine God intended for us all. Folks, if you haven't purchased something from Global Healing yet, then I don't know what you've been doing, but it's time. Go to globalhealing.com, get the oxy powder, get the detoxidine for the iodine, get something from there, get the foreign protein cleanse, get my new ultimate cellular health, get something from there and start putting medicine in your body that actually is going to work as you hope it's going to work. All of your hard-earned money is gonna go to something productive for you. You got to get started. It's got to become more than just something that's abstract out there and a good idea. Go and buy something today and start turning your medicinary in your house over to something that's really productive. Globalhealing.com, promo code out loud. Okay, Now, folks, we have the medical rebel with us today, (laughs) Dr. Lee Merritt. You have no idea. You all have heard me gush before, right? You've heard me gush about Dr. Merritt before several times, right? This is one of the highlights of my last four years and all the work I've done because this is someone who not only is incredibly brilliant, but is an even better person. And I think that's what's so important to me in this day and age. You know, I want to live in a world where we love each other. Well, folks, my pledge to you has been I'm going to introduce you to people who love you that maybe you've never met. And Dr. Lee Merritt is certainly one of these people. All right. Dr. Merritt, how are you doing today?
3: Well, thank you. That was sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Good. And she's humble too. (laughs)
0: incredibly she's smiling you see the smile on her face right now well doc we have some fun talk we we had some fun talks at healing for the ages we We had some conversations we didn't get to finish so maybe we'll finish them (laughs) or at least a portion of them while we're talking here today but you know i wanted to just bring you on and let you rip on what you want to talk about so one of the first questions that we had set up was really simple and it's broad So go any direction you want with it. I'm going to piggyback off of you. I'm throwing the rock to you. You take it to the hole and dunk it if you want it. All right. Give it back to me if you want it, whatever you want to do. What do you think is happening in the world today?
3: (laughs) I know it. Uh, it's, if I, a lot of the stuff that I say now, if I'd said 10 years ago, I would have committed myself. I mean, I, the world is just not what we thought it was. And about a month ago or more, I watched the movie, The Truman Show with Jim Carrey. And I think it's a great, I mean, that really tells us, in my opinion, what's been going on. You know, you can't, I, well, you can't make this stuff up. I was a you know fat dumb and happy I was a spine surgeon I was just doing my thing I I'd studied hard I'd been a good student I graduated medical school and did all that stuff and and I just thought I, I kind of believed what I was told now one thing I had advantage of is my parents were uh not they always were skeptical of the government they'd grown up through the depression and through world Wars you know two and my dad through World War I II in Vietnam uh at age 60. Five, I think he burned his draft card on the front door of our, on the front step of our house to protest Vietnam War. He said, "Oh shoot, those guys doing that, I can do that." So I, I kind of grew up in the house of rebels. But anyway, um, but th- but the reason that they were skeptical of the government is because they'd seen the bad things the government had done to them over their life that that were that were covered up as being good things. They were always sold as being good things. We care about you people, but they ended up hurting people ultimately. And and I grew up with that perspective that you should keep your eye on the shady ass government. You know, that's basically it. So um, yeah, so I started waking up a little bit when I was probably 50 years old. I went to the American Academy of Anti-Aging Medicine, like so many other people, when doctors, when you get it's kind of in that menopausal age or that age of, you know, decline, when people start declining, you don't like the way you feel. And you say, there's got to be an answer here. And you realize, boy, we've been lied to about the nature of medicine. Now, at the time, I thought when I learned the truth about things like thyroid and and all the stuff that we actually knew that had actually been published that we weren't taught in, in medical school and in in the public domain, I thought, hmm, Those I just thought, oh, those government bureaucrat medical doctors, they're just bureaucrats that are just not paying attention. That's what I thought. I thought it was kind of corporate idiocy and government just being the lowest level. And now I realize, no, that's not what it is. This is a very planned program that we are living in a false reality. And just like if you remember the Truman Show, so Truman is born into a a, a reality TV show. And he doesn't know it. So he's 30 years old when he recognizes that something's wrong. But up until that time, he's been married. He, he thought he's been married to a woman. He's been, uh, had friends. He, he had a job. He thought it was all real. And these are all actors. And it really, I, I mean, that's really closer to the reality. That is close to our reality, is that what we think of as everyday reality is not not true. And we've been given a very, in science, for example, why did we believe all this stuff? Why did we believe I have about, you know, the pandemic of 1918, for example, I've spent a lot of time doing primary research on the pandemic of 1918. And by primary, I mean not taking the word of the AMA or any medical journal. I went back to the old newspapers. I went back to, you know, uh Uh, newspapers were big, but I went back to the Navy archive because they were involved in the research. I went back to all sorts of primary, the Kansas archive, things like that. And I found it wasn't anything what we were told. And in fact, the nature of disease is not what we were told. And so, but why did we believe it? Because just like Truman, it was internally consistent. Everything in science that we were given about viruses and vaccines and all this kind of stuff it sounded really sciency because it was all internally consistent. You know, if you actually read the paper um, from China from Wuhan about the very first COVID, uh, or not the very first victim, but the COVID victim from which they took the genetic sequence that they then made into a so-called vaccine, you read that with open eyes and you and, and an open brain, and you go, "I can't believe we believed this." You know, I mean, this is, they literally took one guy and they said, this guy's got COVID. Now, how did they know that that's what it was? They, You know, you, you, again, I believed it all because it sounded right. It sounded like they took somebody with classic symptoms. Okay. And then they, they but it was one guy and they they didn't they took pcr tests essentially they took some lung fluid called valve bronchoalveolar lung fluid and they just dipsticked them with these pcr tests and like they, they call them primers but they then they put them in a machine and they run it through an algorithm and it and it spit out you know, fifty-seven million little snippets of genetic sequence—very short sequences, under one hundred and fifty sequences—and then they put that into another computer that has a, um, you know, an alignment program, and it came out with the so-called virus, but not really. It came out with a million options, and then they chose the one that they thought was right. Wait, say that again for everybody, doc. Yeah. So, so it, this is like taking a. Let's say you're a jigsaw. Puzzler, Henry, and I, and I, you're really good at it. So I, I, I drop 57 million jigsaw pieces on your desk and I say, there's a puzzle in there. Please make it for me. And you go, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How big is the puzzle? And I say, I don't know. It's a novel puzzle, meaning like the novel virus. We've never seen it before. How, what, what's the picture look like? Well, we don't know. We don't have the box. We don't have a picture. (laughs) You just, well, um, what shape is it? We don't know. Because, you see, you couldn't do it. It's just, it's impossible. And that's what Stefan Lanka says about putting the, the, these, taking these 57 million tiny little pieces of genetic material and then putting them into a computer to create a, a, a virus genome. It doesn't correspond to anything in nature that we can check it with. It doesn't correspond to anything. In other words, it simply can't be done that way. You cannot infer this big, this 30,000 base virus from, from, from putting together all these random pieces of 57 million pieces through a computer program, no matter how they, they can maybe overlap and interlock. It's like, you couldn't write a novel. If I just dumped 57 million letters on your, mm-hmm. on your desk, you couldn't, you could write a novel, but it wouldn't necessarily be the novel that actually exists. Mm-hmm. You see, that's that. it's just craziness. Um, and that's the kind of thing when, when you really look at it, we didn't have viruses to speak of. We didn't talk, even in my medical school days, we did not talk about viruses very much. And I'll tell you what they told us in medical school about vaccines. They told us, and this is 1976, basic biochemistry and then basic uh, you know, medical talks. This was a pediatrician who was uh, giving us a talk about various things. He talked about childhood diseases, but he was talking about, in this part, vaccines. And he said, vaccines didn't cure or didn't decrease death from childhood diseases. Plumbers did. And I thought, I just remembered that because I thought that is such a funny line, but it's true. What he was meaning is it's sanitation and it was good food. When when you're nutritionally replete, you have, and, and they know this. By the way, that's the other point of the Truman Show aspect of this. It's not like these people are all idiots or these people are misinformed or poorly educated or just government toadies. These people know this. And they're, they've created a world for us little people to be controlled, but they know the truth. And, and the fact is, is that they know, for example, that they had to mix the numbers of childhood death by measles with all those poor children in Africa. Otherwise, there's no way you would have risked your child with a vaccine because very, very few people in America ever die of measles. Okay. And they had to mix it. And even those children in Africa, if you supplement them with vitamin D and vitamin A, it turns out they don't die either. Mm -hmm. So they're nutritionally deficient is why they die, not because they've been exposed to what we call a virus. But beyond that, I've just showed you the only only viral proof we have is this genetic sequencing. You know, they claim that they can culture it, but they can't. And, and i'll explain that really easy for your for your listeners when i was like 10 years old and my dad was a real scientist he was an md dds and phd in biochemistry so we had a lot of fun and he taught me one time literally i i i isolated a bacterial culture from my nose in my bedroom it was easy you just need very simple equipment it's a blood auger and a flame and you can do this and but that's different i can see a bacterial culture in other words i can see bacteria under the microscope you cannot do that with with viruses you can't see them taste them touch them feel them there's no there there it's all done by smoke and mirror so what they did is they they claim they inoculate some sick guys you know sputum or something into a into a petri dish to grow it but they don't come out you see it just they don't have an endpoint like you do in bacteria where you can see the cultures. And you can see a blue, I mean, a yellow one over here, and kind of an orangey one and a white one. And then you can see that it's all mixed cultures. And then you pick out one of those that you can see and you move it to the next petri dish. And then you get a pure white culture. And then you know you've got something pure that you could then genetically sequence. You look at it under the microscope, you verify it, you can now genetically sequence it. Not true with viruses. You can't see it. So you mix you're mixing it in with cow DNA, cancer cell DNA, whole bunch of junky genetic material, and then you're processing it. And you're then you're and people say, well, they gotta be viruses. I can see them on the electron microscope. No, you know that picture you kept seeing of that blue spiky ball. <laughs> that was CGI. It's just like I think they hire NASA to do their their computer generated imaging and convince us of a reality that doesn't exist. The real virus, if you looked at what they call a virus under an electron microscope, it just looks like a little ball of junk, you know, and and it doesn't look any different than exosomes, except they declare that exosomes are one size and viruses are another. And they can tell you that some are, that both of them are small amounts of genetic material wrapped in a lipoprotein coating. Some of them go into the cell and some of them use the same process to come out of the cell. And they're telling you on a static black and white EM photograph, they can tell you which is what. This is like, if let's suppose I see a black and white picture of a guy with a gym bag outside a bank, I can make up a story and I can tell you he just robbed the bank. But <laughs> I can also tell you it would be equally plausible looking at that photograph that his bank bag is full of money he's, he's, or his, his gym bag's full of money and he's going to go in and make a deposit. Or he might just be walking by to go to the gym you don't know looking at a at a photograph like that. And that's that's the world. That's why, that's why they they tricked so many of us. We just we didn't have a sense, unless you're evil, you're not gonna do this to people. So what we're dealing with, when you get confused about what's really going on, just think abject evil. Just go there and think about what, because that's what it takes to do this to us. Now, the good news about the Truman show, by the way, is that at the end of it. Even we, he he realizes, and he does just the same things we've been doing. Quite frankly, you know, to get out of it, he a light falls from the ceiling, which he thought was the sky, and he starts to question things. Well, for me, it was the PCR test that caused me to question things. But the next, you know, and I and I don't know if I told this, but I I I got pretty smart about this now that I was unemployed and I was I had time to research. I put those sequences they put on the, on the PCR test, the 16 sequence or 18, there were 18 different sequences. I ran them through blast and found out they were testing us to our own genome. Exactly. The answer in blast didn't come out. SARS-CoV-2, it came out. Human genome eight, human genome five, whatever test I put in, i got done at 12 tests. I gave up. I said, these psychopaths are testing us to our own genome. Then they're cycling it depending on how many positives they want. And now they are telling us we have COVID. Now, the next pandemic, by the way, all they don't have to change the test. They can use the same test. All they're going to do is they're going to just cycle it differently, and they're going to change the label on the test. So now you think you've got monkeypox or Marburg or whatever the heck they're going to come up with next. I mean, it's just disease whack-a-mole. It is not real. We're in the Truman Show. But Truman, at the end of it, he walks out. He finds the exit. And now the best line in the whole show is everybody up in the control room and this looking at this artificial world is saying, oh, wait, wait, what if he now, what if he walks out? He, he sees it's fake. What, what do we do now? I mean, what can he do this? And Ed, Ed Harris, who's the director, says he's always been able to leave. He just didn't know it. Amen. Right. Well, we know we can leave now. And so yes. that's where we have to take this. We have to step out of, I call it stepping out of Babylon, because I really believe the people running this show are the same people that ran the show in Babylon. Back in Babylon, this was called the Great Plan. Mm-hmm. And then it became under the Illuminati and and, and Adam Weishaupt in, 19, in 1776, who, by the way, the tenants of the Illuminati became the tenants of communism, You know, became the tenants today. But he said, he called it the New Order of the Ages and then george bush called it the new world order and now we're calling it the great reset it's all the same thing the great reset is just a return to the great plan of the babylonians so there's a ruling class that they feel they have the right to rule they're in charge they think they're in charge and they've been in charge for a long time and they play us off against each other and they the only way they're continuing to be in charge is because we cannot we we keep we keep arguing with each other instead of Uniting against them. Brilliant. We I got a whole bunch I want to unpack here. Okay when we come back from the break. (laughs) It's so
0: it's so much fun listening to someone who is brilliant, well researched, and objective. And what is objective? The right to change your mind in the presence of new information. That's all Truman was talking about. He, He could always leave. He just didn't realize he could. Now he can, right? Folks, when we come back with Dr. Lee Merritt, we're going to talk a little bit about this. But what I want to get into is their playbook. Their playbook is incredibly thin and incredibly effective. (laughs) It has two pages in it because they've never needed a third page. We've never forced them to make a third page. The page one, divide and conquer, right? Create polarity, get us hating each other, pick a side, all that other nonsense. Page two is be afraid to die because that's what they are. They're afraid to die because they are evil and they know that that's when the day of judgment comes. We are not evil. So why would we adopt their belief system surrounding death. Just food for thought. we write right back with more Energetic Health Radio and Dr. Lee Merritt, the medical rebel, right after these messages.
2: The buildup of spike proteins is dangerous to your health. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body, removing the spike proteins, allowing your body to repair from within. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, foreign protein cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. So stop being a patient and start being a student at EnergeticHealthInstitute.org.
0: All right, healers, welcome back. I'm here with the great Dr. Lee Merritt, and we've been having a little conversation off the air. Man, folks, I got to tell you, she's got some stuff to share. Doc, you have one of the great advantages that many of us don't have. You can read Russian. Is that right?
3: Yeah, not 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 fluently, but with a dictionary, with help. <laughs> with some of us help, I can. So if if we were if we were reading
0: a Russian website, if we were trying to get a different perspective on everything that's going on, if from a Russian perspective, what is happening in the world right now?
3: well let me back up and i'll tell you i got i've been thinking a lot about that and reading a lot about that but it it one of the first things i did when this whole nonsense came out in december of 2019 and then early 2020 and it wasn't making sense you know at first i i kind of called a friend of mine the other advantage i had i served on the navy research advisory committee and we looked at at the future technology of the navy this is when i was out of civilian i was civilian i was out of the navy i'd been in in my spine fellowship and this was at the, this was at, in Washington, DC. So it was a subcommittee of the Congress. And I literally met, I sat with the captains of the military industrial complex and we had, we had meetings in a locked vault. I mean, that's part of the way of this work. Um, and so I didn't have much to, to contribute. You had to, have this uh, you had to have a doctor on this committee by law but i didn't contribute to the warfighter issues as much as i decided i'll study bioweapons and chemical weapons so i've been following the bioweapon community ever since so when this whole thing broke out what i did was it wasn't making sense okay i called a friend of mine early on who had been at fort dietrich and i said which was a bioweapons lab he'd been involved in that and i said should i watch this one and he said yes so i had been watching it from the middle of december to the first part of january of 2020 2020 and I, and I realized it wasn't making sense. So I got online and I just looked at the Russian sites and I found, you know, I could read enough that I could figure out, okay, who sh- who's this guy? What's this guy? I could put in some search words and I found some Russian bioweaponeers. And here's what they said right away. They said, this is not, a, this is like January, 2020. They said, this is not an organic disease. This is not spontaneous. This is a bioweapon. And we don't think it was created in China. Whoo, that was a bombshell, you know, but that's, that's the stuff you, you know, Trust me, all the stuff that we are hearing, you will never hear any dissenting votes, really. You think you are, but they're not really giving you. This. So now we got to the Ukrainian-Russian conflict going on. And again, it, people don't, they need to understand the history of this whole thing. We, we, were, we were talking off air about World War II. Well, what happened after World War II is that uh, the Germans, especially the, the intelligence service, moved into what is now Ukraine. They moved into that part of area because there were a bunch of, you know Stalin didn't make a lot of friends with the Ukrainians and so uh, when the when the Nazis came initially they were they were on their side they but but they learned a lot of them figured it out that they weren't good for the Russian uh, state. but at any case, so after the war, there were two generals that were never tried, even in absentia at Nuremberg. And one of them was was uh, the guy who became uh, the Galen Org. He was General Galen, and he formed what was the Soviet desk of the CIA. He got with John Foster Dulles and the Dulles brothers, and he became their man in Europe that ran the intelligence. He said, I'll I'll give you my intelli- my entire intelligence, guys, in the Soviet Union, but you don't try me at Nuremberg, okay? And you and I run them still and that was the deal he made so our so the biggest branch of the cia to spy on the soviets was actually a nazi generated uh unit you got to remember that so then as time goes on we're now in 2014 obama's in in the presidency and they're do you know this is this whole money laundering and things and and let's let's back up and say that these guys forever we've had we just saw a, ta- a taste of it in the sound of freedom, but forever, we've had a group of people on this world that make money through sex trafficking and body part trafficking. Okay, so the, these are these the bad guys. We'll wake up when we realize the bad guys here are not just pedophiles; they are they are profiting from murdering, sacrificing children, and you and selling their body parts. Once we get that, and the seat of all that has been Ukraine for a very, very long time, because that's the ancient empire from where a lot of these bad guys came from. So in 2014, this process started, and, they, and the, the CIA, in conjunction with maybe other people in the EU and things, uh, did the Maiden revolution. They're the ones that made this fake revolution, and they deposed Yanukovych, who was he was probably a shitbag politician, but at least he was a duly elected shitbag. He was theirs, okay. And excuse my orthopedic French there. But so they they um so they deposed him, and then they put in a series of people, you know, Poroshenko and other people that you hear about Biden interacting with all the money laundering kind of stuff that you heard about. Until they finally got Zelensky. Now Zelensky was funded by a guy who's a a, a Ukrainian um, oligarch uh kolomoisky he not only funded Zelensky, but he funded the neo-nazi which is really the nazi azov now to to, the confusion if you want to be confused just think about this kolomoisky is an ashkenazi jew by definite by his 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 definition i mean he he defines himself he says he's a jew but he's funding the the nazis over there really i mean even like Laura Logan says, these are not the neo-Nazis. These are still the Nazis that came in there after World War II. So there's a culture of that on the on the uh, Western Ukrainian side. And then on the Eastern Ukrainian side, which Ukraine's an artificial construct made after World War II, but the Eastern Ukraine was filled with Russian-speaking native Russians. Okay, That was the, the remnant of the, the Russians that kind of got trapped when this whole thing was artificially created. So after the, the revolution, after they got Zelensky, in other words, this was, as you can see, it's a step-by-step thing they did. Then they just started, they, they wanted they wanted to bring this war on. You, you know, I, I'm not saying I know completely why, but they wanted to bring this war on with Russia. I have in my ideas. And they just started shelling the Donbass. The Donbass is this region of Eastern Ukraine bordering on Russia that is filled with the Russians. Okay. So they just started murdering the Russians over there and you know and and in all fairness again had we had we been actually told what was going on what the russians were offering they kept trying to offer various different solutions to this okay they but at some point they're not going to allow their fellow countrymen Their you know it it would be like if we had a if we had a if we had artificially at some point in time um given away the northern tier of the united states to canada okay because of some war and the the, people that were once united states citizens are now suddenly uh they're now canadian citizens but the canadians don't like them and start murdering them you know what would we do really this is kind of the whole situation here and and they're doing it for a reason so so finally and the bioweapons labs okay So in Ukraine, you had these bioweapons labs, but they weren't just in Ukraine. When your Congress is making a big show of pretending that they don't know what's going on, we didn't know about those Ukrainian bioweapons labs. Oh, yes, you did, because in 1991, you signed the Nunn-Lugar Act, which was for Senators Nunn and Senator Luger. And the whole idea was the Soviet Union's falling apart. Now we've got all these socialist countries around Russia and they're strapped for money, but they contain biologic and chemical weapons stores. What are we going to let? Are we going to let those fall into the hands of the bad guys? No, no, no. We have to. We're the United States of America. We have to take charge here. So what we did was we passed the Nunn-Lugar Act, which allocated $400 million a year for four years to go over and to buy up, like on a Mexican 99-year lease, we bought up these Bioweapons labs. Now, it wasn't just Ukraine; it was in Georgia and Kazakhstan and uh, other places, Azerbaijan and places. But the thing of it is, they weren't hiding it. The Luger, the 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 lab in Tbilisi, Georgia, may still have the sign out front that says the Luger Lab. They named it for Senator Luger. So to say that they were surprised. Now, now we have Congress pretending to research this as if they didn't know, but they've been sending W two forms to the bioweaponeers that we we own that went over there to take care of these labs ever since for 40 years now what in, in the early 90s they sent over they they sent over people to fix up the labs then they sent over our people our bioweaponeers, and they were given three tasks they were said get the labs up to modern standards start producing vaccine, do vaccine research and do gain of function research In the process of this, every time they would stand up a lab, there would be an outbreak of some weird disease that showed up. I mean, we never heard about hemorrhagic fever outside of Africa until suddenly they stood up one of these labs. And now we have Crimean hemorrhagic fever. So according to the Russians, what they were doing is they were testing this stuff out like they would put germs on birds. (laughs) I mean, they would do all sorts of weird stuff. And they would try to infect the native population, hantavirus virus, whatever we want. I don't believe these are viruses, but whatever it is, they were making people sick, specifically in the Donbass and into great Russia. So this has been the long term cauldron that's been brewing. And finally, the Russians had had enough. Putin made multiple efforts to talk with these people, to get them to um you know, agreed to some kind of rapprochement, some way we can work this out. Nobody was interested. And finally, it said, we're just not going to let you kill people here anymore. And they went into the eastern portion of the Donbass and started securing the people. And if you notice what's happening in the war, um, this is the weird thing. So what, what the Russians would do is they would move out the, the they'd, they'd take care of the civilian population first, protect them, and then they would go forward, move the front forward and get rid of the the Ukrainians that were causing the problem. And quite frankly, the Russians are a very competent military force probably the best in the world today. I mean, not that we're we're slouchy, we're not, but we have a we we have been so used to being the number one that I think we got a little lazy about the way we do war or this whole thing's a scam and it's a show that we're being played and that could be a possibility. I don't know. But at least the Russians figured out ways of doing things very cleverly like utilizing old World War II tanks. I mean, yeah, they got they got good artillery, mobile artillery of their own, but they can use all their old stuff and they married them with drones. So it's like it's like Guderian in World War II, the German general who figured out when he was, I think, a captain or something, he said, as he was a tank commander, he said, let's put this new radio thing in all these tanks and then we can operate as a group. And that's what caused Blitzkrieg to be possible. Well, the the Russians are doing the same thing with drones and they're just, you know, they're beating, like the other day, they took out a $10 million German leopard tank with a, with a $1,000 drone. You know, that's an unsustainable NATO thing. That's what's been happening. Now, in this country, Our people are being told that the Russians are having trouble recruiting, that they're just down on their last effort. No, no, no. The Ukrainians have no Slavic men left. They're actually going into the Carpathian mountains and things. And we saw them grabbing. It was called fake taxi. It's kind of transliterated funny, but they called it the fake taxi service. It looked like a taxi. But then when you went, if you were a young man and you started to get in, they'd grab you and you'd be impressed into the military. Now they're going up into the mountains and finding these people in isolated tribes and grabbing them and putting them in the military. These are poorly trained people that are being just sent to the slaughter. So you have to ask what's really the Russians, not that the Russians aren't losing people, but they've lost probably half a million guys of Ukrainian Slavic men. What the one thing I can guarantee you is they're de-Slavifying Ukraine. And now in Uma city in the Ukraine, we just had 50,000 Orthodox Jewish men move in the year. The, the Ukrainian women are literally going to Iran and Iraq and places in the Middle East to get husbands because there's nobody left. So in my opinion, this is a, a really bad, what the real ultimate goal seems to be now to me is this is really, really evil version of urban renewal. They, they wanted to some, somebody wants to go back there. Okay. I think it's the, the Khazarian empire reforming. I think these people are going back there and, and in the process, they used the Russians kind of like death by cop. They forced them into a position where they had to respond. They just kept poking them and poking them. And finally, the Russians said, we've had enough. And, you know, that's what they did. And you look now, there's another there are other possibilities that there's an underground war going on that this is all a show for. But I don't think that's the whole story. This is this looks a lot. It's. And every, there's always a reason for these wars breaking out, and it's never what we're being told. It's never, that the they always make the bad guys out of the good guys. They always, you know, and it makes you wonder, I'm going to say, honestly, if you remember the beginning of World War II, um, what did Hitler end up being faced with? He was being faced with, he said, and we didn't believe him, nobody wanted to believe this, but he said, look. The Polish are killing our German people on the western side of Poland. See, they had the same thing set up there. They had an artificial boundary, and they had this this corridor of ethnic Germans in in Poland. And Hitler claimed that they were being murdered by the Polish government, and he tried to work this out. And again, at some point, he had to just go in. I'm I'm not saying this is what's the truth for sure, but I'm just suggesting that there's a pattern of provocation here you know to get things going and and there's two interesting points of of commonality between hitler and putin and this is they both got rid of the rothschild central banks before this all happened i'm just saying Mm -hmm. for what central banking is you know you were talking off camera i mean i learned a lot from you off camera i want to talk about more about the the history from you know the cult of apollo way back to the reign of the pharaohs and all that kind of stuff but in in from the time of babylon through the pharaonic age and into rome to a certain extent they controlled the population through slavery but mm-hmm. that you know slavery requires a lot of you know you got to feed people you got to care for people it's just not and and at some point that's just not economically the best way to go so they figured out that central banking actually is better you know, in, sl- in slavery was uh, the same people ran the slave ships. By the way, ran the slavery coming to America. But mm-hmm. at some point, they couldn't ensure the runaway slaves, so it was an economic disaster. Well, what did they do? Then we had to have a war, and then they 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 because they, they couldn't get people to institute a central bank here. When they finally got a central bank, then they can enslave us all to the central banking system. They don't need to put a noose around our neck. That's that's that's, that's and thing. that's what I think. Ukraine and Russia is not what you're what you're seeing. There's another motive here, and and I believe it's it's a return of these ancient, what I call the Babylonian mafia, but other people call them the Khazarian mafia. But it's not about. Trust me, this is not about Judaism. It is not about any religion. It's not about any particular ethnic group. It's about a, a, a an evil group that's been running the world since Babylon, and they hide within everybody else. So we've got them in the Christian Church. They've got them in Judaism. They've got them in everything. But they and and it, that's why they're called the name assumers. This is a problem, and we've got to re, we've got to wake up and recognize this problem and say, look, we've got to stop being told that uh, the the Palestinians are, the, are are evil, just intrinsically evil. That's they always want the enemy to be intrinsically evil and incorrigible, and you can't you can't re- reform them. I spent my whole life defending Israel. And you know what? The day that Netanyahu decided to offer his people up as a as a sacrifice, essentially, but really as a test case for Pfizer, I said, that's it. I'm not doing that anymore. I'm gonna look at individuals. I'm gonna look at the real puppet masters.
0: Amen to that, right, folks. We got to bring you back. All right. First of all, we got to bring you back because we can just talk for hours and hours. Now I could just sit here and listen, honestly, for hours. At this, because it's fascinating, right? It's like we're getting a different perspective. And it's like you go, look, I don't I don't know if what Dr. Merritt is saying is is true or not, but I trust her. And that's really our currency right now is who do you trust? I don't trust the government period, or the news channels or I, I know everything they're telling me is a lie. Right. I just don't know how bad, how deep, what the actual truth is. And so it takes us talking to each other. That's why they didn't want us talking to each other for so long. It takes us talking to each other and sharing, hey, I read this. Hey, you read this. And you start fitting these pieces and things together. You start connecting some of the dots. And it, and what are, we, what are the conclusions we all came to early on, late 2019, early 2020? This doesn't make sense, right? We knew... They were going to push the go button for years. We had heard, you had heard so much about Agenda 21. You'd, you'd, something was coming. You knew something was coming. We didn't know exactly when or what. And so I had been preparing all of my students for years. Like, hey, Mm -hmm. you got to get ready. Something's coming. I I don't know what it is, but it looks like it's going to be big. And we were, and and it's bigger than I thought it was going to be. But it's still it, it it was something where you just had to stop and go, it is my intrinsic duty to be skeptical. Yeah, it is my intrinsic duty to put the people acting like they know in a position where they have to prove it. Just yep. prove it, right? I mean, I keep I fall back when we talk about Hitler, you know, and that POS, when we talk about Hitler, I always fall back into you all realize he was time man of the year, right? Yep, (laughs) that's exactly right. (laughs) So how do you go from time man of the year to the most vile human ever created, right? Like this is part of it. And and what he had tapped into with Joseph Goebbels was the brilliance of propaganda. And, And what are they playing upon? They're playing upon a principle that has been termed neurosynaptic plasticity. Neurosynaptic plasticity is what we are all based upon. It's something Jim Henson with the Muppets played upon. It's why we love Kermit the Frog and why we love all the sing and dance and everything when we're learning and all that, because it's a fast way to establish new neuronal connections, new ways of understanding. But one of the principles of it, one of the realities of it, is that we adhere to the first thing that we here, right whether it's fact or fiction and that's where propaganda lives that's where lies live all i have to do is be able to get there first and, it, and i can say the most sensational thing you're gonna buy it and because we haven't taught you how to be objective in fact we've taught you the exact opposite we've taught you to be outraged not objective we've taught you to make immediate judgments not withhold your judgment until you get more information because that's a part of the conditioning process of your neurons of your brain of your central nervous system they prey upon it. Mm-hmm. they prey upon it with i can lie it's just got to be a believable lie i can but if i lie to you now you are going to adopt that and where do we see it and i was just talking about this i just did a video Uh, Lee, before uh, we came on and I was talking, you can see where that has been abused and you Mm -hmm. can see it in every person still wearing a mask, every person still getting a shot. You can see it. And why? Because they believe that that is right because it's the first thing they heard. If they had heard from the first thing is that masks don't work, you would never see anybody wearing it. Right. You know, because that's as far as people go. So what I'm going to encourage you all to do, because this is fascinating and I can't, I got so much to think about right now.
3: Can I just say, and history, the problem with history is the history, like, for example, here's a I I look at things that don't fit with what we're being told in history. Mm -hmm. And one of them is, for example, the electricity used at Auschwitz, Mm -hmm. the electricity was five, was five far in excess of what berlin used why what were they doing there okay and and i and there's some suggestions of what they're they were doing there but it wasn't what we were told okay and my point is the problem is when the facts come out they're so far after the time that you now by by the time those facts have come out the war's over the the initial news media said what they said the history books are written and now nobody's paying attention to these facts coming out you know what's funny about
0: that too doc history is written by the winners, right? Of course it is. Yeah. It doesn't say that history is written by the winners so that they could tell truth. It just says that it's written by the winners. Right. And so I think the thing, hopefully that this has taught us all is to have healthy skepticism and force people to prove what they're saying. It's nothing. it's an accident that event 201 happened at Johns Hopkins university. Come on folks. If you go through John Hopkins, Johns Hopkins University's history, all you see is criminality after criminality after criminality after criminality. It's like it, it's just because it came from a, a university, we were going to give it a free pass. Wrong is wrong. Right is right.
3: And Dr. Gates, the medical doctor who graduated from Johns Hopkins University and became part of the army in World War One, took the vaccines from the rockefeller institute to fort riley kansas and kicked off the 1918 pandemic <laughs> i'm telling what? you you're exactly right that's a whole other discussion
0: we're gonna have to have a conversation about that right it's the same names it's the same people it's the same <laughs> bloodlines. the same family it's, yeah. it's it's ridiculous and here's here's two things for you all because i know some people are listening going I, i'm gonna try to orient themselves now let me help you orient yourself here okay <laughs> As long as we decide to love each other, they can't win. That's the salve. That's the elixir for us to treat each other well and say, look, it's okay for you to disagree with me on something. It doesn't mean I have to hate you over it. And certainly it doesn't mean I want to kill you over it. Right? That's ridiculous. Right? That's what evil creates. Right. What love creates is hey, we're in this together and we better start cleaning house because our house is pretty filthy. (laughs) All right. When you really get down to it, I don't think there's anybody on this planet who could make the claim with a straight face that our house is in order. Everybody wants me to care about what's going on all over the world and all this other stuff. You know what I say to them? I care about my house first, just like I do in my family. When my house is in order, I can extend out and see who I can help. If my house isn't in order then I better get my house in order because there's nothing that matters until that house is back in order. And that's where we get into disease and health because disease is chaos and health is order. And it's pretty straightforward, folks. Mm. There is a such thing as black and white. And thank God for that. All right, Dr. Merritt, thank you so much. This is so much fun. We we definitely have to bring you back. We definitely, and I can't wait to come back on your show. We we got to keep this conversation flowing. And I still haven't, we still haven't talked about um exosomes and uh and and things that you wanted to talk to me about. I can't wait. I gotta get you into our group too. So I'll stay on uh with me when we when we get out of here because I got to get you into our group uh so we can keep the conversation going with some other really smart people. (laughs) Thank you for having me. (laughs) And I get to be a fly on the wall. Yeah. (laughs) All right, healers. Well you know the drill by now. Um you know we have four major challenges, right? And those four major challenges Are really opportunities to take no offense, to speak truth, to be selfless, and to remain humble. You're doing those four things. You're doing all that God is asking of you. And you give us all the opportunity to clean this house up. That's all we got to do. So next week, We'll have somebody else come on. Maybe I'll bring you back next week, Dr. Merritt, for another one, because I want to keep talking to you. But folks, make sure you grab somebody you love and tell them you love them. Make sure you grab somebody you love and hug them. And let everybody know, especially our kids, everything is going to be all right because we're going to do the work together to make sure everything's going to be all right. I'm Dr. Henry Ely for Energetic Health Radio and the Energetic Health Institute wishing you a beautiful day wherever you may be. And I say to you all, may God shine his divine light down upon us, everyone we love, and surround us in the protection of his warm and healing embrace. Until we get to meet again, aloha and adios.